my dear brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. I welcome you to this week's edition of the St. Jude Parish Chatter. I'm here with Deacon Joe again. How are you doing, Deacon Joe? Oh, wonderful today. We're coming to the end of the summertime. Have you noticed? Everything is changing out there. Yep, it's getting darker a little earlier. The leaves are turning. So it, it's, it's very fascinating still for me, having only been in Colorado three years, to have fall for more than two days and for the leaves to change colors because it's fall and not because we haven't had rain in six months. <laughs> That's right. Welcome to Colorado. <laughs> I love summertime in Colorado. I think it's absolutely beautiful. So there's a little bit of mourning I'm going through as the leaves get kind of crisp. You know that sound yep. when the wind blows through them that they are, they're about to fall. But it also means the end of the baseball season, and I love baseball. Yeah. You do too, don't you, Deacon? Oh, yeah. I'm a big baseball fan. Did you go to a game recently? Yes. I went to the Rockies game just the other night against the Twins. My uh, grandson was uh, in, a, uh, is in the Front Range Youth Orchestra, and they played the National Anthem. Isn't that the game where they had the fireworks at the end? Yes, they did. Nice. They did. And they had fireworks at the beginning, which pretty much scared everybody. During the uh, Star Spangled Banner, I think they shot some uh, off, and everybody jumped. Was it even dark at the beginning of the game? Uh, no, but you know okay. you could still see them and definitely hear them. Because that's, that's one of the characteristics of the games at the end of the season. It starts getting dark in, during the game, but you can be at a game in July and pretty much coming to the end of the game and it's just getting dark. Right, it's daylight right. throughout most of the game. I was given tickets to a Rockies game a couple of months ago and I went with Father Frank Garcia. And um, I actually caught a ball that day. So I have a Major League Baseball over in the rectory that oh, cool. uh, ended up coming into the stands. And that's the first time that's, that's ever happened to me, that I was able to get a Major League Baseball by just being in the stands. And there's the ball. Admittedly, it bounced once before it came to me, so it wasn't all that hard to catch. I didn't need a, a glove or anything. But <laughs> I got it, and I kept it. So actually right after i got it the people in the seats beside us said oh can we see your ball i was like am i giving this away to them are they going to take it and run they didn't they just wanted to see it they looked at it and gave it back to me so most people are are honest trustworthy people nice is nice. that the only game you hit this year oh uh, let me think yeah i think that's the only game no i went i did go to uh, uh when the astros came to town i did go see the astros play the oh that's Rockies. clever so that your team would win doesn't matter if the astros win or the rockies win well, that's you could right. say that they're your team that's right i covered my bases i had my astros socks and jersey on but i had my rockies hat <laughs> you were covered yes yes i had everything covered good for you brother we'll come to the end of baseball season and uh, it's time for us to to let the gospel speak to us. But first, let's talk about our sponsor. Who's this week's sponsor for the podcast? Oh, our sponsors are Awareness Mass, and that's for our developmentally disabled youth. And that Awareness Mass is October 22nd at the 9 a.m. Mass. And some of our students will be doing the readings, and we will have a, 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 a guest celebrant, a Father Freeman, who has been usually comes for our Awareness Mass. Very, very yeah. wonderful priest. Father Freeman has been around the Archdiocese for decades and decades with his special charism of being able to minister to the developmentally disabled. So we welcome him to that 9 a.m. Mass on October 22nd. So let's go into the Gospel. Would you read the Gospel for us today, Deacon Joe? I will be glad to. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus again, in reply, spoke to the chief priest and the elders of the people in parables saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. He dispatched his servants to summon the invited guests to the feast, but they refused to come. A second time he sent other servants, saying, Tell those invited, Behold, I have prepared my banquet. My calves and the fatted cattle are killed, 
Everything is ready. Come to the feast. Some ignored the invitation and went away, one to his farm, another to his business. The rest laid hold of his servants, mistreated them, killed them. The king was enraged and sent his troops to destroy those murderers and burn their city. Then he said to his servants, The feast is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy to come. Go out, therefore, into the main roads and invite to the feast whomever you find. The servants went out in the streets and gathered all they found, bad and good alike, and the hall was filled with guests. But when the king came to meet his guest, he saw a man there, not dressed in a wedding garment. He said to him, My friend, how is it you came in here without a wedding garment? But he was reduced to silence. The king said to his attendants, Bind his hands and feet and cast him into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Many are invited, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Deacon Joe, whenever I read this, I'm often inspired by the invitation that our, the king doesn't go out and say, you all are ordered by, by demand of the king to go to the feast of the sun. They are invited to be able to show up. And the people feel so, so calm about this invitation from the king that they dismiss themselves. They go to their business, which is an urban uh, reference, or they go to their farm, which is a rural reference. Everybody reverts back to their their um, uh, like their their starting spot, like where am I the most comfortable at? And they don't respond to the invitation of the king. And I often experience that with the invitation to Sunday Mass. We're receiving the the sign of the new covenant, the way in which we show that we're in union with God. And it's just an invitation that God Almighty offers to everybody. And He would have every right to say, "You are obliged to go to this on Sunday," and um, it's an invitation. So. It's sort of like the encounter when we would have when you, there's a retreat, you know, and a retreat or in any spiritual moment, there's an encounter like, I know that God is here. And in the midst of that is just an invitation. Will you respond? What will you say to this, this gift of, of the invitation to the feast? That's what I think of with the invitation. Mm -hmm. Almost like a knock on the door and are you going to answer it? Yeah, there's freedom at the other side, such intense freedom. You know, if God did demand that we came to, to his banquet, to Sunday Mass, we'd have lost our freedom. And he's so cautious to let us always have our human freedom, even letting us sin before he would stop us from having human freedom. Yeah. That knock at the door is really an invitation to what will happen at the other side. Yeah, it's almost like, uh, what was it? It seemed like a couple of weeks ago we had that gospel about the... Uh, uh, Andrew and uh, said, "Master, where are you going?" He says, "Come and see." Mm, doesn't yeah. doesn't doesn't say come because I'm telling you to, but it's again come and see. It's again that invitation. Yeah, and the beginning of the invitation leads to baptism. The first of the sacraments is baptism, and baptism is necessary for us to be in this in the church and to experience the normal means of salvation. But people are still free. And they often choose to not have their children baptized today. I keep running into this. Of, yeah. of parents who are Christians, they claim to be Christians, but they don't have their children baptized. They're using their freedom, but it's not a freedom that brings their children closer to God. Um, it, it leads them in a different direction. They don't let their children decide if they're going to go to church or to, to school, I mean. But they do expect their children to have that freedom to be baptized or not. It seems so odd to me. I think there's yeah. something satanic at the other side of that 
that false use of freedom. We should want to give our freedom to God. When there's an invitation, we give it over to him and say yes. And we still have to be that, as parents, we have to be that good example. And sometimes that means leading our children, bringing our children to the sacraments or to church. Just getting them to the sacraments should be obligatory. Yeah, if you're going to live in this house, you go to the sacraments. This is what we do. You get baptized and you go to Sunday Mass. That's a, um, it's a part of receiving God's providence, which includes not just the house, but the gift of faith. And so if we're going to use this, it all comes together that in this house, we will serve the Lord. That's a part of the reaction of the garment. Like, how do we clothe ourselves? It's the moral life. Yeah. Did you catch that? That there was someone who was at the wedding feast that didn't have the right garment on. And the king was all upset about this. Yeah. Um, it's been pointed out that um, in ancient times, if someone arrived at a, at a wedding feast and they didn't have a real fancy garment, the king would provide a garment for them. He'd make sure that everybody inside was looking just right in order to... Yeah, um, properly attired. Properly attired. And it's an image of the moral life that um, if we're having troubles with our moral life, the king provides for what we need. He shows us this is how you're going to live a more moral life, a more perfect life in the future. It's like putting on that garment that he has in front of us. Often we can make it uh, associate it with how do we dress for Sunday Mass. How do you think we should dress for Sunday Mass, Deacon Joe? Oh, I think you got to, there's that old uh, that old term, putting on your Sunday best. Your Sunday best? Yeah. Okay. Sunday Good. Best. I thought you were going to tell everybody they could have fancy socks or they could wear their Astro well, socks underneath their Sunday best. Well, I mean, you could probably still get by with that. You, know, <laughs> you could to get by with extent, that. So, you know. <laughs> It's kind of like being in my clerics. I still, I still have to get by with a little something, you know. So, but I like to tell people that when they come to Sunday Mass, they should be preparing for a job interview, and they should wear the same thing they would wear for a job interview. So, if you're going to come in shorts and a t-shirt, that means you are a gardener, and that's all you. The more you aspire to within this world, and so if that's all you want, you are allowed to wear shorts and a t-shirt. But my parishioners, I have to aspire to something more. <laughs> we are going to be on being the the lawnmower. So we are going to be people who are reverencing God. And even Clayton, when he's around here, he always has protective gear on when he is mowing the yard here. He always has something more than shorts and a t-shirt. So yeah, what is, what is the Lord calling you to? What's your aspiration? And then dress accordingly. And we are, we are designed for eternal life. We're doing a dress rehearsal or job interview for eternal life every time we come to Sunday Mass. And so that's how we should dress ourselves with our very best very when we come best. to Sunday Mass. Father, may we have your blessing. Absolutely, Deacon. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.